This morning we'll continue to expand the instructions that have been offered so far to include more and more of our experience in the realm of mindful awareness. And this morning the instructions will expand to include awareness of intention, chetna. And uh, this is often experienced the momentum of intention as the about-to moment. A moment as you're about to do something. You know, before any action of body or speech or mind, there's a gathering of energy. There's a um, collecting of, of energy that propels the body into action. So the body generally... Uh, generally moves because there's an intention in the mind that fuels the movement. When we open or close our eyes um, as we enter a sitting or come out of a sitting, as we uh, swallow, um, as we scratch or take a step, And Chetna is a very powerful force in the mind. As I spoke about last night, um, it shapes a great deal of our experience and our relationship to our experience. And intention arises with other factors. It may arise with greed or aversion or generosity or metta. And in opening to include intention as part of the practice, it's, it's helpful because it can be so subtle. It's helpful just to keep it very simple, being aware of this, this about-to moment, just the about-to moment. And so we'll continue the practice with breathing and body as the anchor, uh, you know, investigation of of Vedana, of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. You may investigate the experience of physical sensation or the experience of an emotion, but continuing with breath and body as, as home base. So just settling into your posture, if there's any slight adjustments that will support you to feel a sense of dignity as you sit this morning. Allow the body to make any adjustments. And beginning in whatever way you know helps you to arrive. Maybe connecting with the earth element and the body sitting. Could be a few moments of of metta, or scanning the body.
as you connect with your anchor, notice the direct experience of what we call anchor. Notice how this is manifesting, being known in the present moment. So the attention is resting in the experience itself, not the idea of it, but the experience of life, experience of receiving this living process. This living process unfolding here, now. This moment. You may be aware of how the mind responds to the sensations associated with the anchor, the body or breathing or hearing. Perhaps there's spaciousness and equanimity in the mind Perhaps there's reaching or wanting a particular experience or kind of pulling away from a particular experience. And allow any investigation to happen quite simply and directly. Experience of being with, just being with. If you're aware of 
pleasant or unpleasant in the heart or in the body. See if it's possible to rest right there, direct knowing. Pleasant is like this. Unpleasant is like this. Neutral is like this. And if you're, if there's a presence of an emotion that's compelling or that's, that's wanting to be known in a certain sense, you know, just letting go of the story and knowing the actual phenomena that are arising. How the experience of emotion manifests as life through the body, how it actually is in the body, in the mind. Is it possible to be in non-contention? Non-contention with this moment as it is. Widening and softening, if that's helpful. So the process of the meditation, the process of moment to moment awareness, just opening to the range of experience without being tossed about by it. So returning to the anchor as needed. Receiving this living process. With care. With awareness. Here. And now.
And if the body, if there's any changes to the posture of the body, any movements, it's no problem. There's no need to sit perfectly still. If you adjust your posture, if you open or close your eyes, see if it's possible to be aware of that about to moment. Not just the movement itself, but the moment of being about to move. about to redirect the attention. And sensing the intention that's already here to be present, to know and resting into that.
in a moment, you'll hear the sound of the bell. And the sound of the bell may condition the intention to open the eyes or to move the body with a bow. See if it's possible to notice that gathering of energy, that momentum or about to moment. You might notice if you open your eyes after you hear the bell, you might notice a moment of about to open the eyes and the intention that may uh, drive the hands coming together into a bow and then the intention that may continue as the body sits and the eyes stay open or closed. But take your time as the body moves to be curious about is this, this construction, how this process unfolds. So if you are interested in working with mindfulness and intention, you might uh, play a little bit just with, you know, this uh, about to and moving the body. It's great to notice intention (laughs) as you begin walking meditation, as you take that first step. Or as you, if you're out on a stroll and those turkeys are doing their thing, and you, you might just notice that impulse, that gathering for the eye to move and look. It's no problem to look at the turkeys. But just being aware of, of the intention that precedes the action. And uh, if this instruction is complicated for you or confusing or bringing up a lot of thought, I sincerely encourage you to drop it completely. <laughs> Use it only if it's helpful, but don't, please don't spend your day trying to figure out (laughs) the mechanics of intention. It's more just something to be dropped in here and there or to get curious if if it's arising for you, to be interested in the process, the intention that, that is a process of construction really related to action. A few announcements. You see that the teaching team's a, a little bit sparse last night and today, and the, the rotation of days off for the teaching team has begun. And today is Kate's day off, so there will not be yoga today. And 
just a reminder about really the, the importance of our container together as, um, as your practices continue to unfold, um, especially taking care in the dorms. Sometimes it can be tempting to talk on the phone thinking nobody can hear you or talk to yourself in your room <laughs> thinking nobody can hear you. But um, we actually, you, you know, you can hear one another quite a bit through the um, walls of the dorms. So please do not speak on your cell phone in your dorms. Please don't talk in your room. Um, others can, can, can hear you. Um, there, there's really no exceptions to that one. So please honor the container by holding um, with dedication, really, the silence in, in, um, in all four dorms. And Tara today will be sitting in uh, with Philip or with Adrian. And Philip, did you want to share? So um, uh, I've had some people ask me directly and ask some other teachers about my health and am I well? And the answer is no, not exactly. I um, had a um, implant that was put into my left jaw January of 16, and it was uh, mishandled dramatically and uh, created a, a, a multi-month infection in my body, which um, only left about um, uh, early January of this year. And there's been a lot of secondary and tertiary problems from this, and one of them, that, the one that has emerged as a predominant challenge, is that I can't get enough oxygen in, uh, in my, I can't get enough oxygen in my blood. And this has, uh, it got worse just as the retreat was beginning. So um, sitting here in this, uh, in this last meditation, beautifully done meditation, I can be with my breath and I can watch the lungs struggling to create enough oxygen for the system. And uh, I, I don't have any kind of um, emotional reaction to this. My mind is not perturbed. But I can watch in little small units the system, the whole body system, get exhausted. And I'm just sitting here, you know, and my, with my mind perfectly at ease. But the system itself gets exhausted. And uh, so the way this works is that I wake up somewhat tired, and by about 1 o'clock, I'm really tired. And um, the, the impulse, the body impulse, and not my intention, but the impulse of, this, of the biological system, a distinction I make, is that it, to shut down and rest. And so there's been other little things come out of this, including I, my eyes are a little bleary, and because coming also from this lack of oxygen, it's just a normal thing that happens to 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 uh, uh, people that one one kind of problem exists or another, and so this is my challenge at the moment. The effect on all of us is that I uh, I am have to be absent more because I really. I have tried not to rest, but that's not worked out. So I need to rest. 
And the other situation is that I need to, uh, I'm having a series, I've already had a number of medical tests and I'm having more. And when I tell them I'm available between two and four in the afternoon to be scheduled, <laughs> you can imagine the medical community that thinks you're supposed to meet their schedule, their response to that has been less than positive. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to um, make a real adjustment here in my afternoons and evenings to uh, cope with this for a while. And it may include at one point my having to take uh, a couple of extra days just to see if I would completely rest if my system can reboot in some way. Again, I'm not, I'm not emotionally disturbed, mentally disturbed. I don't have any... There's, there's lots of space around the experience, but that's, that's the situation. And this, uh, you will see me uh, sometimes... I, I don't want to not walk at all, but it, I've run out of breath really quickly. And then coming up the hill, my lower back uh, goes into a kind of... Uh, 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 grasping seizure sort of I don't know quite what it is but the whole lower back and then this is thrown off um, the my whole body and so it's injured my knee so you may see me limping and all this it's just a whole chain it's just like we're in, we are interconnected so everything in the body is interconnected and I'm getting to watch this firsthand so I'm not I don't need any diagnosis I'd end the and when we when someone comes in for our practice discussion meetings this is not the topic of our practice discussion thank you very much <laughs> and uh, every, everything will be just fine with this and so there's not there's nothing that's uh, immediately life-threatening about this they've already checked it. I don't have a heart problem and I don't have cancer and they're really somewhat uh, bewildered by exactly the, 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 what would be the cause of this. So, so this is what's going on. And just, just this is part of the retreat. Just like if you've got a cold or there's somebody next to you coughing. or It's just part of the retreat. It's just part of the experience. Life's always got something going on. It's dukkha in this realm. So... Thank you, Philip. Our hearts are with you. So uh, since this team has been here, we, we haven't done any kind of question and comment period in the hall, and we're going to allow some minutes for that now. But first, I would just really like to make room for those of you who know that listening to some Q&C is not helpful to your practice to invite you to uh, step out of the hall at this time.
So you can appreciate some of why we're not doing uh, questions and comments every day is that for some people it's quite supportive and for some people it's really not supportive. So we'll, we'll drop it in from time to time. But um, this is just a time if you have a, a question about your practice here, not a obscure Dharma question about the meaning of life, but a question about your practice here or about the instruction, I'm uh, happy to respond. I, I don't like it being called a question and answer session because I don't really know that I have the answers, but I'm happy to respond um, in any way that might be helpful. So if you do have a question, you can uh, raise your hand and I'll point to you. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, can you decondition things that are associated with the hindrance arising, or to what degree to just, yeah, that's basically So the comment was that there's a, seems to be a relationship between difficult emotions and hindrances, and, um, you know, is there, sometimes there's a relationship there, sometimes there's not, and then you were saying, is it possible to decondition the emotion, the hindrance, all of it? More the hindrance. Like, <laughs> Yeah, do the hindrances do the hindrances also change over time? So, yeah, there's definitely a, com- a connection between uh, hindrances and difficult emotion. You know, I mean, the hindrance of, of sense desire has a whole host of emotions associated with it, and it really becomes a hindrance mostly when it's running the show and when it's not. Um, supported by investigation and awareness. So we want to be careful of the word hindrance because um, hindrances are really the material through which we wake up. So um, any idea that somehow we're supposed to get rid of them tends to be unhelpful. Um, And sometimes we may experience a hindrance such as sleepiness. That's a a true hindrance, you know? It's, It's on the list. But it might be because you just didn't get enough sleep. I'm kind of like Philip's saying, you know, it's like it's, it's possible to experience these, these um, physical experiences and mind states without a lot of added suffering. So it's possible to experience sleepiness without a lot of extra um, difficult emotion to go with it. The framing of the hindrances is helpful. You know, it can just be helpful to move from, um, oh my gosh, I don't know if I really belong here. I don't know if I can do this practice do you really need to sit and walk like this to wake up? Really? You know, it can be very compelling. And then when we can step back and just say, oh, this is doubt, there's a way it kind of cuts through the content and becomes something that's more workable. And yes, in this practice, as the collectedness develops and as the wisdom grows, there's less and less room for the hindrances to arise. They just, they can't take root in the same way. And when they do arise, um, as the practice matures and there's more equanimity in the mind, hindrances can be there. And they're not such an obstacle. They're not such a barrier. They're part of what's the next thing um, that's happening is. Yeah. We probably have time for one more question if there's another question in the hall. 
Yes. Yes. So the question is to, to have some more clarity about the fourth foundation that we've discussed the seven factors and the hindrances and the five faculties you correctly named as part of the fourth foundation. And I, I really appreciate the question because we don't teach to the fourth foundation and call it the fourth foundation very often. And so the fourth foundation is really um, mindfulness of, of, of how the teachings are showing themselves in our experience. So, we, you know, you're, yes, we've pulled out the seven factors of awakening and the hindrances. You know, like Philip said, this is dukkha in the experience. That's um, a mindful awareness of how the first noble truth is manifesting in experience. As you said, the five factors. Um, really, it's it, the, the fourth foundation is taking kind of any of the Buddhist teachings and knowing how is this showing up for me personally. Um, sometimes where third noble truth is present, there's a feeling of, oh, this is a moment of non-suffering. And we show up for it. We know it. And we know that this teaching of the four noble truths and the third noble truth, it's not just in a book somewhere. It's known directly. So... The truth is we could spend the whole 28 days offering teachings on the fourth foundation because it's so, so rich. And um, it's a fine line between framing up our experience with mindfulness and with the teachings in a way that's precise and not vague and where we know what's happening, but also not um, going into a lot of needing to figure out where is this on the map, you know, what what is this according to to this or that of what the Buddha said. So um, it's a way of, of offering another kind of framing of mindfulness. It's a really valuable question, and in my experience, it's helpful to maybe work with one 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 piece at a time around a particular how the teachings are showing up. Maybe you're working with the seven factors or the hindrances or with uh, metta or with oh, being aware of suffering and non-suffering. And um, we'll keep speaking to the fourth foundation as the retreat continues. So wishing you a uh, day <laughs> of um, care kindfulness and mindfulness and uh, yeah have a have a fruitful day a, a dedicated day of practice the momentum is continuing to build so I just encourage you to just stay real and stay steady as the day unfolds
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.